Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is why smart people listen to Sports Day Tampa Bay, because you had done so, especially yesterday's podcast with Mark Topkin. You would have known that the best way to avoid arbitration is to reach a long-term deal. Even though it looked like you were going to arbitration, maybe you're not. And here's the thing. Jeffrey Springs, oh, he got a deal. He got a really good deal, man. First of all... uh, He's been terrific. I love these stories, Steve Orsnick. Drafted in the 30th round, right? Think about it. I didn't, to be honest with you, I didn't know that baseball had 30 rounds. Okay, the NFL has, mm-hmm. what, seven? Um, 888th overall, which is kind of a cool number when you think about it, but hopefully a lucky number eight. So this was back in 2015. He went to Appalachian State, not the ASU. That's Arkansas State. And he only signed for a thousand bucks. Think about that, man. That's just a chance. That's a bus ticket, right? That's that's how you get to the New York Penn League or wherever the hell they're sending you, right? And then he's been twice uh, designated for assignment with the Rangers, sent to Boston, designated assignment, traded again, and eventually he lands with the Rays. And then in 2021, in July, he's out with a knee injury. And that's unusual, right, in the first place for a pitcher. Um, and so then they asked him, it was last spring, or last May, as a matter of fact, to you know go to the bullpen. Well, okay, I'm going to show you guys what I can do. Just watch, just give me chances. Here he is last season, went 8-5, and 2.65 record in 24 games, 130 strikeouts and only 28 walks, and he chewed up some innings, 122 and a third. And he was just kind of a bulldog, kind of a lights-out guy. And so, because the Rays are all about pitching and God knows apparently there's no bats around, um, he signed a new four-year contract that's going to guarantee him $31 million with a $15 million option for 2027 and some escalators and other clauses. This whole deal could be worth, ready for this, $65.75 million bucks. For a dude that was in the 30th round, I mean, you talk about getting it done, man. So they're locking up the pitching. There might have been anybody to sign at the plate, but, man, they got some arms going. They do, and, and you know, this is a deal for him, and he's probably their fifth starter this year. Yeah. Like you'd go, okay, so you'd go McClanahan, right? Or Glass now, one of them. You know, pick which one you want to be or one back, or who's or two. the other way around, yeah. yeah. Then you got lefty righty, so one two doesn't matter one or one a if you want to call it that mm-hmm. way, right? Eflin's your number three, yeah, from the Phillies, the guy they made the trade and paid a lot, and not made the trade but paid a lot of money for. Mm-hmm. And then Rasmussen's probably your four. You think I was? I was wondering about where he fit in. Whether now the, the springs now leapfrog him, but I, I think I think Ras is probably Rasmussen's probably better at this stage or had been last year. He's definitely started oh. more than Springs has, but. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, you could put Springs four and Rasmussen five, but 
You know, it, it just shows you, I mean, if the Rays are going to give a guy $31 million guaranteed, they they must believe he's, you know, there wasn't a flash in the pan last year. This is a really, you know, good signing, good good arm. You know, they expect a lot out of him. So now, I mean, you're, you're, you've got big money on, well, I mean, McClanahan's not big money yet, but everybody else, yeah. but we know what he's capable of so far. You know, you've got a lot of money invested in that pitching staff. Eflin got, what, $40 million over three years? $40 million, yeah. Last now is getting $6 mil this year, but 25 next year. Oof. And now you've got Springs, $31 million over the next four years, and it could go higher with the escalators. And then if he gets the option year, of course. So mm. the lack of bats, it's definitely – this is definitely about run prevention, not run accumulation this year. It has to be. I mean, I don't, you know, they're, I guess they're still holding on hope that somebody kind of falls through the cracks or certainly that Wander Franco stays healthy and, and, and some of the other guys um, that, that were nicked up last year. Mm-hmm. And you're hoping but, Josh Lowe finally comes through. Yeah. You're hoping. Any you know. Josh Lowe or, or one of those guys to come through down there in Durham, you know? Yeah, I mean, but, you know, Josh Lowe, not the rookie year that the Rays had envisioned or he envisioned. You're hoping that, you know, an off season, a reset, a reset him. You got to figure out who's going to play first base. That's right. You got to figure out your catching situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got Bethancourt, you got Mejia, you've got Pinto. I don't know if that's better than Zanino. Right. At this point. Tough to replace what he did when he was swinging it, right? You know, the home runs. And, and you know, they kind of have a, I mean, who's going to play center field? Is it going to I be mean, Siri? Is it, it going to be Margot? Is it going to be Josh Lowe? And the answer could be yes. It could be mm-hmm. all of those guys. Sure, absolutely. Not, not at once. We had a fascinating talk. You need to check it out on tampabay.com um, and, and just wherever you're, you can find this podcast is is Mark Topkin talking about a lot of those topics, mm-hmm. not, not just uh, the arbitration, but also sort of what they're going to do with the, uh, uh, with the outfield. And more importantly, or just as important, we I had forgotten about that. I swear to you, I had forgotten about this. This the game has changed for this season. There are no mm-hmm. shifts in baseball. I mean, you talk about the Rays' way. Um, nobody used them more than the Rays did, and and so you have that, and then you have um, uh, bigger base pad, bigger bases, mm-hmm. which you know uh, a stolen base. You can only throw over to first a couple times. Yep. The um, shifts so will be interesting. Be, uh, you could have yeah. to have. Two guys on each side of second base, and the infielders right. have to have was it one foot on the infield? Yes. When the when the mm-hmm. ball is is they can't play short right. crossing the yeah. plate. Yep. So uh, I believe that the teams that have more athletic infielders, mm-hmm. you know, you got a slow old infielders. You know, Derek Jeter would struggle, and, and he kind of did anyway near the last half of his career as it was range-wise. But when you've got guys like Wander Franco, Taylor Walls when he's playing, um, Brendan Lau, they've got range. Mm-hmm. That's going to be so mm-hmm. important now that you don't have shifts. Right. You're going to be really athletic. The more athletic teams, I think, and mm-hmm. the better fielding teams are, are, are probably going to be able to handle it. The other thing that Mark talked talked about, and I thought it was wild, but it makes sense, right? How about if you put guys in motion? 
how about if guys are moving and running mm-hmm. as the balls are, are reaching the plate and the shift comes, you know, as it's being as the bat's being swung. Mm-hmm. You know, like you got to be on that side a second, but by the time that ball's up at the plate, that guy's moving. You know, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of there's a lot of gray area <laughs> for teams to to try to work the system a little bit. You know, well, and 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 I don't. I'm not going to say I know the rules completely, but yeah. if a guy is a left-handed hitter that always hits it to the right side, right? could you shift your left fielder over into right? Yeah. I mean, you I, know, yeah, where you put that, question. where you would generally put your shortstop or third baseman, could you shift your left fielder over and put him there? Yeah. You know, yeah, play, your infielders are still set where they are. And, right. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. It's a good question. And, and I think Mark did address that a little bit um, about moving outfielders around, you know, and if you have mm-hmm. the speed out there where they can go gap to gap and still yep. cover you, you could potentially use that, you know, that outfielder to play outfield, but to be in a very shallow position in, in different parts. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of experimentation and a lot of things like that, but um, spring training could be wild. Do, spring training could be wild for a lot of teams. Oh, and that, that's where you get in the lab, right? That's when you try everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the Rays, and, what, and last season used a lot of four-man outfields in spring training, and they did it in the season outfields. a lot. Right. Right. I mean, overall, I think it's going to be a better game, a more exciting game, a lot more offense, I think, in the game by doing it this way. They're certainly trying to lean, you know, trying to favor the offense, clearly. And and there will be some effect to that in, in, a, in a positive way if that if you like runs. But I'm with you, man. I, I think, you know, as, as – Innovative as the Rays have been with the analytics and the shifts and all that, the fact of the matter is is that they typically put together some of the more athletic teams that there are in baseball, and it's going to favor athletic teams um, that have range that can, you know, even if they have to play in quote unquote traditional, you know, spots without without a shift. I think if you got guys that can run and field the way these guys can, you're going to be better than a lot of teams out there, you know. But I had completely forgotten it was this year. And the other thing that that's kind of, I mean, really throws me is making the bases bigger and only being able to throw over the first twice. Like, that—that that is a base dealer's dream, right? So I've seen mm-hmm. your best move. You, know, you threw twice. I can take the biggest lead I want, man. You can't throw over here. You can pitch out, but you can't throw over. I mean, that's that's the hell of a thing now. That's mm-hmm. going to create some runs for sure. No, that's what they want. Create the offense. Yeah. You know yeah. how many how many plays do you see bang bang at second base on a stolen base? Well, now you've cut what six inches off. Oh yeah. I mean, what each base is safe. three inches bigger? I think. Yeah. They're not doing catchers or pitchers any any uh, any favors, but that's what this is about: is trying to create offense. Um. So yeah, really really cool story by Mark Tompkin of the Tampa Bay Times on Jeffrey Springs, his uh, his deal, um, and he's 30. His deal could be worth up to $65.75 million. Pretty good work if you can get it. Um, we've got your mailbag questions. We'll talk a little bit about the lightning uh, here in just a second as well. But first, um, I wanted to tell you guys about May Electric Solar. You want to save money on your energy costs? This is how you do it, energy bills. It's a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems now for a dozen years, and there's a lot of these companies out there, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. Here's what they do. They guarantee 
their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. 30 years. And uh, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That's what they call the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see what they're going to install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, right? So all those guys up there in the roof doing the work, those are Billy Mays guys. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar. Here's the number, 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate, lower your electric bill all year long, and preserve the quality of your appliances as well through every season. It's May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. All right, we got some a uh, few mailbag questions. Let's get started on, uh, let's do, what do you want to do? Let's do the Lightning first, because they just had a big win the other night. Steven Stamkos, by the way, a guy for the moment, right? He has the big ceremony before the game, 500th goal, all mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, goes out and gets the game winner with, what, like five minutes to play? <laughs> oh, as John like Cooper that. called it, stammer style. Stammer style, that's right. That was big time, man. Yeah. That was a good win. It's a good that ceremony, a too. Did you see uh, Carter Stamkos oh, realizing he's the on the Jumbotron Oh, just, during the ceremony, I mean, no, just jumping up and down? And Did you look at anybody else? Be honest. I no. mean, it's like you couldn't stop. You couldn't take your eyes off the kid. Mm-hmm. You just couldn't. Like, what a beautiful family, by the way. And, yeah, Car- Carter was awesome, man. That's so much fun to see him having that fun out there. And, you know, nice uh, and some nice parting gifts for Stammer. Apparently he's going to get a golf vacation of his life. Getting a little pricey someplace. for his teammates this year. I mean, he got the he got the 1,000 points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 500 goals. And if he stays healthy, he's going to get 1,000 games this year. Wow, In, in man. April, right at the end of the regular season. Yeah, that so. passing the collection played a little too much in there for Stammer right now, I guess. Yeah, but, he also uh, got 500 assists this year, too. So I don't know. I don't think – I mean, I can't imagine there's ever been a player in history that got 500 assists, 500 goals, 1,000 points, and 1,000 games all in the same season. In the same year, yeah. That's what's unusual about it. But Lightning, uh, big. I mean, that was their 10th win in a row at home ten on row, Tuesday yeah. night. They're going for a – to tie the franchise record tonight as the Boston Bruins are in town who – by the way, the, they are 38-5-4. They're on pace what? to have 66 wins, which is four more than the Lightning had four years ago in that 18-19 season. What? They are they are on an incredible pace right now. Like, they're over yeah, halfway through the ridiculous. season, and they're crushing the Lightning's pace from four years ago. Wow. Now, they're still yeah, 30. They still have 35 games to go. It's not over, but. Yeah. yeah they have nine losses huh. out of 47 games at this point. That's damn impressive, man. Yeah, they are They are a good team. The Lightning have lost twice to them already this year, but they're in town. The Lightning try to tie that franchise record 11 straight home wins. So should be a yeah. good one tonight. Yeah, no no doubt. It'd be nice to get that one if you're the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, there was a little bit of Bucks news. Chris Godwin is the Bucks Ed Block Courage Award recipient. Um, there are one in each NFL city. There's 32 of these guys. And... Um, you know, it, it's. I thought he should be on the list for comeback player of the year. He didn't make that. I think sometimes when your team doesn't win or win enough, uh, you can get overlooked. But uh, like I said, there's 32 of these players. They'll be honored April 1st and 2nd at the Renaissance Harbor Place Hotel in Baltimore. And if you're wondering about Ed Block, he was a uh, sort of a inspirational trainer for the Colts back in the day, I believe. And um, 
you know, we watched Godwin, man. The guy, the guy astonished me that he was able to answer the call and, and be in the game at Dallas uh, season opener. And not only that, but on the first mm-hmm. play that counted because he had an offside. Uh, but here, here's the, the thing about play. Chris for comeback players. I mean, he had 98 catches last year and 1,100 yards. He got hurt at That's the end of true. the season. I mean, it's not like he missed a lot. Most of the time, comeback players, someone who missed either all or a majority of the season. Mm-hmm. He got hurt so late in the year. I mean, his stats are comparable to what he did the year before. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's fair. I yeah, mean, he did come back from an injury, but generally it's defined as someone who either had a really bad season the year before or didn't or was hurt and didn't play much hurt. of it. Yeah. You know, he got hurt, what, like week 16 or something last year? 15, it was late. Right. Yeah, it was, it was actually there were three games left in the season. Okay. And he played yeah. seventeen, so it would have been like yeah, week week fourteen. But um, yeah, and he and he and he went through a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. But he, he oh no question, no question, had an I mean, unbelievable you know. career uh, year, over a hundred catches, over a thousand yards, which mm-hmm. is great. And um, you know, I mean, I'd love to see him win the Courage Award. Don't get me wrong, I just you know, I coming back from I guess you would say not coming back, he didn't miss enough time, but. Coming back from a devastating injury, you know, and being that good, being that consistent mm-hmm. with over a hundred and something catches, um, he almost caught Keyshawn Johnson with that uh, over a thousand yards, and just just a steady, steady guy, man. Like I don't think there's a a more steady pro uh, on, in that locker room than him, and yet, and yet, I'm worried about him. I, I think he's I think he slams in there too much. He makes all these combat coach catches. He He's asked to come down the line of scrimmage and block down on linebackers. And, you know, that knee, while it's great that he made it through a season, it's not 100%, to say the least. At least nobody is. So I hope he stays healthy, man. I hope he uh, I hope he does. And and he's got a good shot at this thing um, when, when they have that awards banquet. Uh, but it's good mm-hmm. to see him. It's good to see him get some recognition because he's a really good player. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, we'll get to those lightning mailbag questions now. And uh, Tommy mm-hmm. had tw- tweeted us. He says, hey, guys, do you see the lightning making a trade at the trade deadline this season? I mean, and and again, not knowing who's available or necessarily, I mean, they could use some more scoring in some of their, you know, third and fourth lines. But having said all that, um, I think Julian Breesbaugh is always looking to deal. I, I think he's been more aggressive mm-hmm. than his predecessor was, right? And that and that and, and that guy built a pretty good team. So the short answer to me for me would be yes, absolutely, because you know the core of this Lightning team. You know that they're going to be in the postseason, or certainly expected, barring some kind of collapse. Mm-hmm. And you, you know you got a shot. I mean, I think this is you know as long as this window is open, and let's hope it stays open for a long time. But these guys aren't getting younger. I think you have to try to make a deal. 
Well, and I'll read the next Lightning question first because it'll piggyback on this. But Luis had asked okay. us, if you had to pick one player the Lightning trade away for a new player to bring us back to the Cup, who would you go for? And the reason mm-hmm. I bring that up is Julian Brisebois spoke to the some of the media this week right. and reiterated, one, they have right now they have $719,000 of salary cap space, which is mm-hmm. not enough to pay the minimum salary of an NHL player, which is around seven fifty. Mm-hmm. So much like that when they traded for Nick Paul last year, and Brandon Hagel for that matter, it's got to be money in for money out. Remember in mm-hmm. the Nick Paul deal, Matthew Joseph went to. That's correct. To Ottawa. In the uh, Brendan Hagel deal, he made $1.5 or so. They had to trade uh, Boris Kachuk and Taylor Radish. The salaries matched because the Lightning didn't have any salary cap space. Mm-hmm. And they also traded some draft picks with them, too. But they, so anytime if they add a player this year, money's going to have to go out. It, it, you're not just going to be able to trade picks and prospects right. to make a deal. For instance, mm-hmm. and, and Luke Shen is one who's been mentioned that possibly the Lightning have an interest in. They obviously yeah. know him. He knows Tampa. He knows the system. The guys know him. He's making, I think, $850,000. If you're going to trade for him from Vancouver, who's pretty much out of it, you're going to have to give up someone. Is that Cal Foote? Is it Hayden Fleury? Right. You know, who on the roster are you going to get? You know, they're going to have to take a, a, a player as well. You may have to give draft picks as well, but you're going to have to give up somebody off the roster. Mm-hmm. If you want to add a bottom six forward, someone's going to have to go. You know, and so, but who who has value to go? And the other part, as Julian Breezebois said, is I don't have a first round draft pick this year, I don't have a first round draft pick next year. <laughs> That's right. I don't have a second round draft pick this year. There's not a lot of capital yeah. there. Now, yeah, if there's, pros- he's, he's if there's prospects bankrupt. at Syracuse, and he says that yeah. several GMs have told him that they're impressed with some of the prospects down there. You've got that capital. But yeah. so it's not to say they won't make a trade, because I think Julian's always looking to. And right. and you know, I could easily see if if they wanted to trade Cal Foot for Luke Shen. I don't know what other piece you'd have to bring with it, a prospect of pick whatever Mm -hmm. i could see that happening if they think they need to add some of that grit some of that veteran experience on the back end uh if you're going to add a a, a bottom six forward i mean rudy balsers is on a conditioning stint now and coming back i think they probably want to see what he does down there on the bottom six uh he had uh hurt his shoulder i believe uh weeks ago so now he's doing a conditioning stint. he's got two more games down in syracuse and then he'll have to rejoin the lightning in after the all-star break although they have to make a move to do that because they don't have enough salary cap space to bring him up so when is when is the trading deadline is there march 1st 2nd in that range so we're okay. we're over a month away and so in, in julia so, breezeball so, the other thing he said is that it's been pretty quiet so far yeah yeah you know, yeah. but it's going to pick up because there's a lot of teams still trying to figure out are we in it or are we not are they in are they out yeah yeah uh, particularly in the West, there's a lot more of that mm-hmm. than in the East. But so, yes, if the Lightning make a trade, someone off the current roster is going. Mm-hmm. You know, and it you're adding a defenseman, you're adding a forward, and they could add two. But just know that 
this you know it's it's not adding in addition to the roster like they did with Coleman and Gaudreau, where they traded just prospects and picks. Right. It's going to be someone coming off the roster because they don't have the salary cap space to make it work. Hmm. All right, we'll get to some Bucks questions now. And uh, Jeff in Dunedin tweeted, or actually he emailed you. He says, if Brady is gone, why let Todd Bowles win four games then get fired? Who would want to take a coordinating job here? Could be one and done. Why not make Tom Brady decide to start over with a whole new staff if he leaves? Well, I mean, that was certainly one of the options, I guess, that the Glazers would have had to have weigh. Um, I just think it goes back to, you know, you hire a head coach. In this case, you know, he's sort of appointed, if you will, um, by by Bruce Arians and others, you know, after Bruce decided to uh, to step down. But I, I don't I, – it's just not their job. It's not their – there's no precedent for them firing coaches after one year, much less – and I don't care how it happened. I know it was eight and nine record. We know they sat everybody in the last regular season game. Um, they still won the NFC South, which is sort of job one. So you combine the fact that Todd Bowles is well respected in this business. Um, came in here at a difficult time, March thirtieth, really late to set the tone. Um, couldn't make any hires on his on his um, coaching staff. There's just a lot, right? There's just a lot there. So. And, and the other thing is they don't know that Brady's gone. They're assuming as much they have to because he's a free agent. Um, but Brady hasn't made up his mind. So I hate to say it, like, you know, you give Todd a chance. All we're saying is give Todd a chance. Um, and, you know, if, if he can show development, if he can show uh, a better schematic attack on offense with whomever they hire as offensive coordinator – you just want to see progress, right? Like you just want to see, um, you know, them find a way to survive uh, with or without Brady, but especially without. And and if you do that, he has a chance. But if if it all just falls apart, um, look, next year you're in a better cap situation. Uh, if they don't win many games, you've been in a better draft situation. So Todd will get his shot, right? And this is now – well, he had three coordinators in four years with the Jets, and he's going to have his second one here in two years. So it's like five out of six years already with a court with a new coordinator, offensive coordinator. That's that's hard to do, man. That's hard to do. Um, and I don't know who will want this job. There's always somebody, right? There's always somebody that thinks this is better than the one they're leaving behind. The grass is greener, what have you? And nobody goes into a job thinking we're going to fail. No one takes a job and says, you know what? We're going to lose, and we're going to lose big, you know, and I'm going to be out of work again a year from now. So they'll find somebody um, that will change enough things to make Todd happy, and then you just see, you know. Maybe it isn't as as dark and grim as, as some people seem to think it is, but um, I don't know who they're going to attract. There's some guys in there now, uh, you know, Jim Bob Cooter for one, that have done some stuff in this league. And if they're interested uh, and they, you know, relate that then you know you can still end up with somebody pretty good just looking at the at the list of candidates there's there's been some good coaches and will be some coming to visit so i'm not one of those guys that well who are you going to get well you, there's always somebody right um somebody had to call their first place somebody had to uh you know succeed and do such a good job that they became head coaches 
Um, your job is just to, you know, kind of find that coordinator, but uh, it'll be tough. I think it will be tough. And, and I can see, I can see both sides. I can see why they didn't let him go. And, and, um, uh, and, and I kind of think that he's deserving of, of a chance to, to battle his way out of it, you know, cause he made Todd made plenty of mistakes himself. So, um, I'm not surprised they're, they're going to give him a shot. Um, and then next year, if they, if they make a change, better salary cap situation, probably a better draft pick, all of that will be there in place, uh, for a new head coach. All right. Sean emailed, he says, okay, guys, I have the fix. Let Brady go. Stop kicking the can and pay the man. Let Trask play quarterback, have a bad record. Then in the offseason, build the defense with whatever money we have. Hire Eric Bieniemy because no one will hire him. Draft Caleb Williams or whichever quarterback fits his offense. I mean, it may come to that, right? Like, it, like that might actually happen. Um, you know, Brady may decide I'm not coming back to Tampa. Or I'm not playing at all. Um, and, you know, Trask is the quarterback. And we don't have a clue what kind of record he's going to have or what kind of performance or what happens when you get him in a regular season game, um, you know, all of that. And they do need to rebuild the defense because they're going to lose some free agents on that side again. You know, guys like Mike Edwards is a free agent. Um, Jamal Dean, that's a priority. Anthony Nelson, you know, like there's there's dudes over that. So they got to continue to build the defense. As far as Eric Bieniemy goes, I, I think there'll be a lot of names, um, you know, from, from some of the winning teams and whatnot, um, you know, we'll just see. But uh, Brady has to make his decision first, but the Bucks still have to go down the road thinking he's not playing. When they interview coaches, they have to tell them we're not preparing for him to play and that your quarterback is, is Kyle Trask. <laughs> and so, um, you know, it, it, it's one of those, to me, it's one of those, you know, you know Todd Bowles said it was a reload, and, and we said, was it a rebuild? And... You know, to me, it's just trying to get your house in order, right? Get the cap back down, get your draft packs, draft picks back. Maybe they'll be a little better next year. Um, get all that lined up, but you still give, you know, a full chance for Todd Bowles to try to get it right uh, and, and at least show development and improvement. And as long as I've always said this, as long as people fans know what the plan is um, and they agree with it. Uh, They'll be patient, you know, but when you're just kind of haphazardly, you know, throwing everything at the wall um, and it doesn't look good and you you try to sell that product, that's when it gets ugly. But as long as as long as somebody can deliver the message that, hey, this is what we're doing, this is why we're doing it, I think I think fans would understand it. I think they'd understand that you know, there's an awful lot of smart people out there that, you know, salary cap football and you know, all that's got to gotta improve before you can win. And, you know, I've seen lots of people on our timeline that have said, Steve, you know, hey, just rip it up. You know, just start over. Get, you know, don't let Brady come back. Like, just we're ready. You know, we're ready to start over. So you say that until it happens, and then, you know, it's pretty depressing when you win four or five games. Um, but it might be the way they have to go as far as, you know, you, you try to win, obviously, but you you got you to gotta rebuild some things here. Alejandro tweeted us. He says, do you guys think if the offense does good this upcoming season and the defense takes a step back, do we have a Dirk Lovey situation set in? Um, so the offensive coordinator, presumably, if I'm following this right, would then become the head coach, whoever that individual is. It, uh, anything's possible. I mean, they've done this before. Um, you mentioned with Lovey Smith. 
And I think at that time they wanted the continuity of the quarterback and the quarterback's coach and, and the offensive coordinator were all in one. So they wanted, you know, Dirk to continue the progress that um, at the time Jameis Winston has made. But the offense, yeah, I I don't see anybody on that offensive step. I mean, they, they really haven't hired anyone yet. That's That's tough to say. You know, if you're in New England and Bill O'Brien goes there as a coordinator, you have a reasonable expectation that, you know, maybe Belichick isn't going to coach for a long time and, and he has a shot. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. That's a tough one. I don't, I don't think there's anybody on the staff that I would just say, yeah, no, you would definitely hand it over. You know, that, that remains to be seen. I think if, if this goes if this goes sideways and doesn't do they don't do well, I think you're going to rip everything up and just start over again, you know. And I was talking about this too with somebody the other day. Um, and this was an item about coaching, you know. And you think, well, you know, Bowles is going to be here this year, and if it doesn't work out, maybe you need a new head coach and all that. Uh, the biggest name right now in NFL coaching is Sean Payton, and he has not agreed to terms with anybody, right? He's he's visited, I think, almost every team that has an opening, um, you know, Carolina and Denver and you know, Houston and uh, Arizona and all that. But if you just look at those teams, right, Indianapolis is in there as well as t- as a team that needs a head coach. You're like, okay, well, you know, none of those are surefire Super Bowl teams, right? And they all have something good and something bad about them. But what about next year? What does next year look like, right? Where are the jobs that could be available? Could be a job in Dallas, right? Um, could be a job in Seattle, could be two jobs in LA where he's from, where he lives in Malibu, right? The Chargers, uh, perhaps maybe Sean McVay does walk away. And oh yeah, uh, I'll throw this in there too. There could be a job in Tampa, you know? So if any of those three, right, two or three of those I just named pop up next year, uh, they're kind of better than this group of, of, of openings that they have now, in my opinion. You know, each each place has a has its own um, set of obstacles, especially in Denver and in places like that. But if you just look at what teams might be available, right, a year from now, it's it's a better pool. And for that reason, I think that Sean Payton is probably just going to stay away for a year at Fox. And then when he comes back next year, the the selection will be much better. That's just my opinion, but it, it, it kind of makes sense to me now. Thanks for your question. We'll get to more of those tomorrow on the podcast, as well as getting you ready for Championship Sunday. we got a couple of really good games on tap, I think, that I'm fascinated by the 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles. And, of course, uh, you have the Cincinnati Bengals. Steve's Cincinnati Bengals going to visit uh, Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. You see where they're calling it like a Burrowhead now stadium? Yep, yep, yep. Burrowhead Stadium. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Somehow, I think that's going to go sideways. I think Cincinnati's a better team. I think Joe Burrow is, is having a better year. I'm not sure about Patrick Mahomes' ankle. Uh, he certainly has owned them the three times that he's won all three. Ah, that Burrowhead Stadium thing, though, could go sideways, man. <laughs> Don't Listen, those people are nuts out there. Have you, ever, have you ever done a game in Kansas City? You ever I, seen a football game out there? Not a football game, no. I've been to baseball but, games there, but... Yeah, well, the, the the weird thing, it's right next door, obviously, mm-hmm. but the weird thing about Arrowhead is when you go, um, first of all, the stadium is old, but it doesn't appear to be. Like, it works, right, even even by today's standards. But then you go there, and 
it's I thought it was like there must be something wrong here because I'm, I'm watching. Um, no one sits down. Now I don't mean like during key plays or the kickoff, dude. I mean no one sits the entire game. Everyone is on their feet in that stadium. Go watch, look at TV one day, the next time you see them play on Sunday, and as they pan across to the crowd, no, no one sits down. I don't know how you stand for three hours. I mean, I guess if it's cold, it might be preferred, but I think it's supposed to be like really, really cold, like maybe 11 degrees or something. Like that. But, yeah, those people, they are into it, man. They do. They are unrelenting, and... um. It's a crazy, it's a crazy place to play. So we'll see if Burrow Head holds up or not. But uh, a couple of really good games we'll get into. We'll talk about that as well. Thanks for listening. Um, we'll be back tomorrow for Steve Burstick. I'm Rick Ten Times. Have a great day, everybody. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.